Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid-market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at wise.com. Today on The State of the World, will there be any relief for civilians in Gaza? And surprisingly, Polish voters reject the populist government. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR, where we bring you the day's most vital international stories up close where they're happening. It's Monday, October 16th. I'm Greg Dixon. The longer the siege in the Gaza Strip lasts, the worse the situation becomes for more than 2 million people that live there. Power, water, and medical supplies are running out. Already more than 2,700 have died. In addition, Israel's been striking Gaza from the air. This is all in response to the attack by Hamas militants that killed more than 1,400 Israelis. And Hamas continues to fire rockets at Israel. NPR's Aya Betraoui has been reporting on the situation from Jerusalem. She talked to Mary Louise Kelly about the dire conditions for the people of Gaza. Aya, I know it's, it's very difficult to get into Gaza, but you are able to talk to people there. What are you hearing about conditions? I'm hearing about a number of crises unfolding right now for Gaza's 2.3 million residents. The first crisis is water. The taps have run dry. Israel has put Gaza under total siege, which means nothing is coming in and no one can leave. Today, we heard the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees say most of its shelters, where hundreds of thousands of people are displaced, don't have any more clean water. Families in Gaza are now relying on potentially contaminated water, even seawater. I reached NPR producer Anas Baba in Gaza, and I asked him if anyone's able to clean or wash themselves. No, you need to you need just to forget showering and forget anything that's like the laundry or even the, uh, uh, washing the dishes. And uh, when it comes to the food, okay, we only have sandwiches. That's what we have. We don't cook anymore. So no drinking water available, no tap water. And now Gaza's main power plant shut down last week, and the territory is relying on whatever fuel was left in generators. But that is especially dangerous for hospitals. Here's what Jan Larke, a spokesperson for the UN Relief Agency, told me today about that. That is, of course, an enormous crisis if hospitals simply have to click the switch and turn off life-saving equipment for the patients who are still there. So what he's saying is that hospitals that are handling more than 9,000 wounded people are expected to run out of power, fuel, and electricity tonight. Okay, so meanwhile, uh, U.S. Secretary of State Tony Blinken is in Israel. He's been all around the region in recent days doing shuttle diplomacy. Is he making any progress, Aya, either either in getting aid into Gaza or trying to de-escalate the war? Well, there are hundreds of trucks right now in Egypt waiting at the Rafah border crossing with Gaza that are carrying fuel and aid. The U.S. and other Western governments would also like that border crossing to open for some of their citizens trapped in Gaza to get out. But here's what Anthony Blinken told reporters today about where things stand. We're putting in place with the United Nations, with Egypt, with Israel, with others, the mechanism by which to get the assistance in and to get it to the people who need it. 
So while they're talking about these mechanisms, uh, we have the roads destroyed in many areas and a ceasefire that would need to come into place to be agreed upon for the aid to get in. And Israel's prime minister's office said this morning there's no such deal in place. Meanwhile, hundreds of thousands of Palestinians have fled south of Gaza to the south of Gaza after warnings from Israel. They were on foot with kids uh, packed into cars, but many also can't leave. And even in the south, there are still airstrikes there that have killed families in their homes. And Palestinians say close to 900 children have been killed in Gaza. And timeline? What is Israel saying about how long this war could take? Well, Israel's prime minister said this war is going to take time and it's only the beginning of its response to the attacks. And we know there are hundreds of thousands of Israeli troops at the border with Gaza preparing for an imminent ground invasion. Emotions here are still very raw. In Uh particular, families are grieving and shocked. But look, Israel says it is going to wipe out Hamas. And now the question is whether this war and ground troops can eliminate Hamas and how much that will endanger the two million Palestinians still in Gaza. That's NPR's Aya Batraoui talking to Mary Louise Kelly. For more coverage from all sides of this conflict, go to npr.org slash updates. In Poland, a surprising result and a surprisingly high turnout in their election. It looks like the ruling party, the right-wing and populist Law and Justice, did not get enough votes to remain in government. And votes were cast by 73% of Polish voters, the highest turnout ever for an election there. Here's NPR's Rob Schmitz in Warsaw. Relief. That's the first word Eva Betkowska says came to her mind when she saw the initial results of yesterday's election. I'm 72 years old, she tells me, so I've lived through a lot. But I don't remember a time, not even during the Soviet years, as bad as the last eight years of law and justice running this country. When asked if she was surprised by the election results, Petkovska says yes, but not in the way most here are surprised. I'm surprised they did so well, she says, considering how many corruption scandals their government was involved in. How could their voters remain loyal to them through all of that? The most recent one involved the resignation of a deputy foreign minister caught profiting from the sale of visas to migrants. The very migrants law and justice typically rail against in their speeches. Despite the scandal, Law and Justice was the party that received the most votes, according to exit polling, around 36 percent. But it wouldn't have enough allies to form a government. But don't tell that to 88-year-old Alexander Goretzka. I feel good about the election results, says Goretzka. I voted for Law and Justice, and I was happy to see them win the election. She admits they might not have enough votes to govern, but she hopes once the final results come in, they might be able to pick up more seats in parliament. Goretzko says she voted for law and justice because she doesn't want any more migrants coming to Poland. If the opposition ends up governing Poland, she says, I worry about the homeland and our national sovereignty. If they gain power, they'll just do whatever Germany or the European Union will tell them to. For voter Maja Jankowska, Integrating Poland more into the EU is a good thing. I've heard so many women saying that they're scared of having children here. The 22-year-old says if Law and Justice had one, she would have moved away to Denmark or Germany, where she thinks education levels are higher. I feel like uh, if we continue to be ruled by this government, we are going to be less and less educated. I can see where they are going, since they're kind of uh, religious, they're uh, Catholics. 
and the Catholic is all against even birth controls. Jankowska says the abortion ban law and justice's government instituted in 2020 had a deep impact on her and her friends, and they took to the streets of Warsaw along hundreds of thousands of others to protest it. And that was about the time that political analyst Adam Tracek noticed a change in popular support for law and justice, known inside of Poland by its acronym PEACE. And we have seen that after the protests, after, after the ban uh, two years ago, uh, the Peace Party never recovered. Turnout was a record 73 percent, with some voters waiting in line until three in the morning. Surprising political analysts like Andrzej Bobinski of Politica Insight. And there was this, you know, atmosphere of a party and people handing out pizza and, and bringing coffee and tea and, and keeping themselves warm, etc. So, yeah, it looked like the rebirth of Polish civil society. And while Bobinski says a new government will have a lot of difficult work ahead of them, this party-like atmosphere of change and hope should keep many Polish voters warm throughout the coming winter. Rob Schmitz, NPR News, Warsaw. That's the State of the World from NPR News. We'll see you again soon. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR.